0: Church. This is the Lighthouse Digital Church. We're so glad you could make it today. Before we proceed This is a recap from last Sunday. Stay with us The only way to express the kind of intimacy that God desires like the one that Adam had in the garden before he fell Was this thing called a far better hope But this far better hope is not a thing it's a person and his name is Jesus Christ my God You know, I, I just thinking about that just makes me excited You know a far better hope Christ is the hope of our lives Christ is the foundation of our lives Christ is the author and finisher of our faith therefore he is the one that, is, that has inaugurated and sealed this new covenant and by virtue of his blood that brought this new covenant to be, to be we can be rest assured that we have the, the confidence to experience intimacy with God you know the word intimacy with God in this text is the word intimacy intimacy into me see which means come into me and see which means god is not hiding anything from us because when you carry a righteousness consciousness it changes your life forever praise god now here is today's message hello 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 good morning my name is davis bami i am so delighted to have you in church today today we're going to be talking about a topic that i've called the new and living way the new and living way you know last week i spoke about radically new i am talking on the basis of that again going further to talk about the new and living way the only acceptable way to approach god essentially today's topic is going to be talking about how should we approach god now that we are under the new covenant if you have not understood what we talk about uh, before today please go back into our youtube channel and you will see radically new i mean that message last week was such a blessing I, re- I received a lot of feedback from people on how it has blessed them and it has set them free it has made them to come to understand what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us praise God let us pray wonderful father I thank you for the gift of another day thank you for what you are gonna do in our midst today grant me the eloquence and the power to be able to speak your word to your people in a way that will touch them, that will empower them, that will strengthen them. In the way Almighty God that will glorify the name of Jesus. Let the words come out freely today. In the name of Jesus. Let there be articulation. Let there be, um, you know, a way in which the word will be packaged in simple words that will touch people tremendously and impact them in the name of jesus let today's message be a message that it will listen to over and over and over and over again and commune with you thank you wonderful father in jesus name we pray okay if you have been following us remember that we have been looking again at the book of joshua verses one to three we stopped at joshua chapter three from verses three to four we have been looking at that and one of the things that happened in joshua 3 Uh, verses 3 to 4 was that um, we started talking about the fact that they were about to cross the Jordan the children of Israel were about to cross the Jordan and God told them to take the Ark of the Covenant and that this Ark of the Covenant they should take it and cross the Jordan. now they took the Ark of the Covenant as they were going. we started now talking about the Ark of the Covenant and all it pertains to. One of the things we spoke about about the Ark of the Covenant was that the Ark of the Covenant represented Jesus himself alright and we spoke about that inside the Ark of the Covenant uh, is um, a rod called Aaron's rod that bordered and that Aaron's rod that bordered signified the priesthood of Aaron that God instituted the priesthood of Aaron for the children of Israel as a way in which God can use Aaron's office to be a mediator to be uh, an intercessor whereby he comes to represent the people to God this is god's ways of showing grace to these people in such a way that he's able to bless them regardless of their mistakes praise god all right so now we we we, the text reads thus that when you see the ark of the covenant of the lord your god being carried by the levitical priest bible says you shall go after it but the bible also says you should leave a space uh, you know several feet between you and the ark of the covenant so that you will you may know where you you need to go because you have not gone this way before and i said the ark of the covenant covenant is a type of jesus but inside this ark now we have um the aaron's road aborted and the aaron's road aborted signified or represented the ironic priesthood and i said under the new covenant now when we look at this picture we should not be thinking about uh we like we're still under the ironic priesthood because god has totally changed the the priesthood under the New Covenant. Under the New Covenant now Christ is our High Priest all right Christ is our High Priest and he has an eternal priesthood which means his priesthood cannot end either by death or whatever it is his priesthood cannot end okay now last week I started speaking about seven things that the New Covenant meant for us obviously you know that the New Covenant was put in place or guaranteed uh, by the blood of Jesus and this same Jesus Christ is our High Priest and just to reiterate what Christ is doing for us today at the right hand of God is also functioning as our high priest Essentially, he's praying for us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit in us prays for us with groanings that cannot be uttered But do you know Christ prays for you as well right now right now You might be going through some challenges you're thinking oh man, God doesn't know what I'm going through But Christ prays for you. So in heaven, we have Jesus praying for us on the earth We have the Holy Spirit praying in us so as a believer, you are not disqualified. You are not disadvantaged. Praise God. Now, the reason why we needed to, we needed to take a, a tour or take a, a move away rather from um, the Aaronic priesthood is because the Aaronic priesthood came to be under the laws of Moses. And last week I spoke about the father the laws of Moses are great laws they are wonderful laws they are the moral laws of, moral laws of God but we are bankrupt in our flesh we could not keep the laws of God the Bible makes us to understand that if we keep all of the laws and we missed one we have missed all of it and therefore God had to do something about it praise God all right so and therefore God told us in second Corinthians chapter 3 verses 7 and verses 9 that the law ministers death and that the law ministers condemnation what does that mean it means that if you regulate your life by the laws of moses it will minister death to you why because the bible says by the knowledge of the law that is when we know about sin is the moment you know that when a law exists about something it brings sin why because our flesh is just weak that way that's just the problem our flesh is weak there's nothing wrong with the laws of god but our flesh is weak we cannot keep it so god had to give us A new and a better way praise God so last week I started talking about the radically new way that God has brought into place today I want to step into how does this new and living way work especially how we approach God that's what I want to talk to to you today how do you approach God now under this new covenant now if I'm not able to finish this particular message I might preach it I will have to preach it again next week I'll preach the concluding part of it next week okay just to put things in context are you ready for it okay let's go let's go you see the old covenant is different from the new covenant the old covenant is based on legalistic behavior and performance which means if I do this God is gonna do this if I don't do this God will not do this essentially God says if you obey me then I would make you a, a nation you know I'll make you a special nation uh, you know if you don't obey me then you won't have it and i spoke last week about you know the number of causes that were put under people who were bound by by that law by the laws of moses and that in galatians chapter 3 verse 13 the bible says that christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law praise god because christ became a cause for us because he was hung on the tree so therefore there's no generational cause on the believer there's no cause that is allowed to even function on the believer Except if you don't believe what I'm saying, then the cost can work in your life out of ignorance, okay? So there's a huge difference between the old covenant and the new covenant So the old covenant functions based on performance and legalistic behavior The new covenant functions on based on grace and what Christ has done for us So how should we approach God under the new covenant? Before I be begin to explain that, I want to take you on a journey first. We're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews chapter 10. I will start from verse 14. I'm going to be running from verses 14 to 23. I will take it step by step, one verse verse by verse, and I will just speak about it. All right, praise God. Now, in verse 14, the Bible says, talking about Jesus, it says, and by his one perfect sacrifice. He made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. In my KJV version here, it says, for by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. So you see the word perfected, that's what I wanna focus on for a moment. The word perfected there in the Greek language in which the New Testament was written is the word that is pronounced teleo, teleo, T E L E I O W Telio. And you know what it means? It means to add to something that which is yet wanting in order to render that thing full or complete or to bring a thing to its intended goal. Which means if I have um if I have this iPhone cover and it's meant to have this thing before, but it's not there, that means it's not perfect. When I create this all here. And then it has the whole in there then it is perfect it means it is now complete okay now when you relate that back to this text but it's one perfect sacrifice it made us perfectly holy and complete for all time that's why the passion transition has to use the word I do add the word complete There, we are complete for all time but you might be looking at yourself and say ah, but I'm not complete I had this, this fault I have this fault I have this fault. I have this fault you are looking at yourself in the flesh God is looking at you in the spirit the Bible says God is a spirit God is spirit and those who worship him or that means those who um, live their lives following him uh, will worship him in spirit and in truth which means God expects you to relate to him based on the spiritual identity that you have in Christ and to relate to him based on the truth that is what I said the Bible says sanctify them keep them holy by your truth for your word is truth the word of God is the truth that keeps us praise God which means if I listen to the lie of the enemy I will run around in Elta scatter thinking I've lost my salvation but God's words keep us God's words keep us praise God so now we see here the Bible says we are perfectly holy and complete for all time now this word perfect also carries with it the uh, the, uh, 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 the connotation of the assurance of salvation the word perfect here carries with it the connotation of what we call the assurance of salvation you know the Bible says without holiness no one shall see the Lord so in order for us to see the Lord God had to make us what holy God had an intention in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 the Bible says that before God laid the foundation of the world God chose us in love in Christ to be holy in his eyes (laughs) so the, the desire of God before God formed the world was for us to be holy and without that holiness we cannot see the Lord or we cannot experience the Lord no wonder the first thing that Christ had to do one of his agenda was to make us holy now how did he make us holy? he made us holy when he paid the price for the sin that has kept us from being holy but what does holiness mean? it means to be set apart now what does being perfected here means it means to bring a thing to his full intended purpose so when christ paid the price for our sins he made us complete for all time he made us holy and righteous and blameless in the eyes of god praise god now you and i we have been brought to our full expression in the eyes of god Praise God. Now the assurance of salvation I mentioned earlier as it as it pertains to this word Perfected was also reiterated in book of Jude Jude chapter 1 the first verse says from Judah a loving servant of Jesus the anointed one and Brother of Jacob. I I am writing to the chosen ones Who are wrapped in the love of Father God kept and guarded for Jesus the Messiah? kept and guarded for jesus the messiah you know this scripture here god has used this scripture to to really explain the assurance of salvation to me you know some times back one day god to me and said do you want to know why you have assurance of salvation i said yes sir he said to me for example you know let's say your daughter has got a birthday coming up and then you go to tesco a store it's a store here called tesco you go to tesco and you 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 carefully look for a gift to buy for her you bought the gift and you wrap the gift in in, in 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 paper you wrap the gift and you go and keep it somewhere you're hiding it and then you keep that gift somewhere so special so that that gift cannot get spoiled right and then on the day of the birthday you you, you brought that the gift and say hey baby look look at what I got for you you are doing that because you are waiting to see the expression of joy on the face of your daughter I say, yeah I understand that God said to me here if you look at the scripture here the Bible says I am writing to the chosen ones who are wrapped in the love of the Father God. God chose us, went to the store, as it were, chose us for Christ, wrapped us in His gift of love. And now He is keeping us and guarding us for Jesus. That's the reason why I know that a believer has assurance of salvation because God is the one who is keeping and guarding us. For who? For Jesus. Praise God forevermore. We are kept and guarded for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, there's a text here that that may be showing on the screen. I'm just going to read it. You see, assurance of salvation is the Christian's full conviction that through the work of Christ alone, received by faith, he is in possession of a salvation in which he will be eternally kept by God. This assurance rests only upon the scripture promises to him who believes essentially what he's saying here the our assurance of salvation is not dependent on our actions it's dependent on the one who is keeping us praise God, that blessed me so much. You know, that takes a lot of burden off, off me. It means essentially, I, all I just have to do is just trust trust Jesus. I have to keep walking after Jesus. I have to keep following his example, but I don't have to say, um, get 100 rules or 10 steps to a righteous life or 15 steps to, to become more holy. No, I, don't, I, I cannot become more holy than I am already holy. Holiness is a nature that God impacted to me when I became born again. You cannot be more holy than you are holy right now. The same way you cannot be more righteous than you are righteous right now. The the, the righteousness you have now is what you are going to have a thousand years from now, 20,000 years from now, if God tarries. Why? Because it is the righteousness of God It is the holiness of God that has been given to you. Now, can you display more fruit of righteousness? Yes. Can you display more fruit of holiness? Yes. But it doesn't mean you are more holy than somebody else. You are yielding to the holiness that is already in you to produce more fruit for the world to see. Praise God. So holiness is our identity. Praise God forevermore. The sacrifice of Jesus makes believers perfectly holy and complete for all time. There is no time in the life of the believer when that believer is not holy what do you mean davis <laughs> well i'm saying holiness is first our nature not just about behavior uh, it is out of that nature that we know that the behavior will flow out a person who knows he or she is internally holy will behave in a way that commensurates with that holiness holiness means to be set apart so therefore if you see a believer who is not uh, setting himself apart that believer has lost sight of the fact that he, is, he, he or she is holy by nature when you know that you are holy by nature there are some things you just will not do praise God forevermore let's go to verse 15 verse 15 says the Holy Spirit now confirms this to us what is this it confirms this truth that I've just been speaking about now the Holy Spirit confirms this to us using this scripture look at the scripture that the Holy Spirit uses to confirm what I've just said as the truth the Lord says afterwards i will give them this covenant this new covenant is going to give us all right which we have now i will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my word to their thoughts and then he says after god has said that then god says something else after god has said he will put his laws in our heart and fasten his word into our thought god then says something on top of that to confirm what he has said before what did god say verse 17 and then he says I will, not even, I, will, I will not ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds so the, the, the Holy Spirit in you is confirming this truth that God will never again remember your sins and lawless deeds that is a radical statement <laughs> that's a radical statement somebody will say the Holy Spirit is convicting me of sin no no the Holy Spirit is not convicting you of sin the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin go and read the scripture the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin what does the Holy Spirit do to you when you mess up? It tells you, Child, you are acting beneath royalty. You are a child of God. The Holy Spirit reminds you of your royal standing and, and says to you, Come on, get up. You can't be there. A, a, prince do, a prince doesn't hang out with low lifers. Praise God forevermore. So the Holy Spirit is, is, is reminding you by this text that you are holy. is confirming the truth that was spoken in verse, uh, verse 14. The truth that was spoken in verse 14 is being confirmed now by the Holy Spirit here in verses 16 and 17 that says, you have the laws of God in your heart, you have the word of God in your heart, but beyond that, God says, I will not even remember your sins and lawless deeds. Praise God. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit is confirming to you that you are holy and complete for all time. How does he do this? How does he do it? He does this by the new and living with the new covenant. In that covenant, God embeds his laws in your heart and his word is fastened into your thought. But the the clincher, the clincher that God overconfirms (laughs) is this, I will not ever again remember your sin and lawless deeds. What makes you holy and complete for all time is that God has promised. God has promised not to ever remember your sin and your lawless deeds and that is a radical statement Now if if you believe that their thought that will be coming to your mind and that is what verse 18 then speaks about Verse 18 says, okay, so if God will not remember my sins and lawless deeds, then why do I have to perform? That's exactly the question Verse 18, 18 says, so if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten Why will we ever need ever need to offer another sacrifice for sins? Why will you ever need? to do penance like the like the catholic people to do penance to get right with god why do you have to approach god in a way that suggests like you are an outsider looking in like you don't belong to him why do you have to feel like an orphan in the house of your father why do you have to think that god is so far away and is looking over you over for fault? why do you have to think about it when the sins have been paid for why do you have to nitpick upon your fault upon your mistake and focus on those things instead of looking at how god sees you we sure don't have to do that brothers we sure don't have to do that sisters you know when you do this you are focusing on your fault you are seeing what god is not looking at let's look at what verse 19 says verse 19 says and now now say now now yes now right now we are brothers and sisters in god's family God bless me. We are brothers and sisters in God's family. How did we become brothers and sisters? The Bible says because of the blood of Jesus. We have a blood covenant. You and I, yeah, listen to me. We have what? A blood covenant. In Jesus, we have a blood covenant. We belong to the same family. And he welcomes us, present continuous. He welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. Boldly and without hesitation. There's no time that Christ is not welcoming you boldly into the presence of your father. Even when you mess up, yes, even when you mess up, he's still welcoming you boldly into the presence of the father. He's, he's welcoming you. Why? Because we are brothers and sisters. Think about it this way: In a family, if your child messes up outside, do you go and announce that to the public? You don't do that, you bring that inside into it's a family affair. You deal with that inside. God never disgraces the believer. God never disgraces a believer. If you're walking with him, the, there cannot be any time when God will disgrace you. You are a child of God. You belong in the house. Praise God forevermore. It's a family affair. At times you might feel like you are orphaned, but that feeling is in your mind. It's not from God. It's not from god if, if you know the way you feel about your children the way you love them so much that is the way god loves us you 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 will never want your children to fall into nasty stuff or to get caught up in bad behavior or to get caught up in um, in, in something that will that will affect their future you wouldn't want that the bible says god is even much more than that the way he watches over us so because of the blood of jesus we are always welcome into god's presence god can never reject you There's no barrier between you and God. If you feel there's a barrier, it's because you have not believed the gospel. God is not even tolerating you. I want to say that again. God is not even tolerating you. Praise God. So what makes God to welcome you boldly and without hesitation every time? what what made God to welcome you because of the blood of Jesus remember there's a scripture there's a sermon I preached I think two weeks ago that says the blood still speaks go back and listen to what the blood the blood says the blood of Jesus Christ says you are now righteous in the eyes of God that's what the blood says and that's the reason why he's always welcoming you to the presence of God God sees you as righteous as himself because he gave you his own righteousness as a gift praise God forevermore if you feel there's a barrier between you and God it is in your mind god never places a barrier between himself and the believer when you put yourself in a particular situation you you can turn away from god you can turn away from god but god never turns away from you so what makes up god to welcome us boldly and without without extension free time i want to talk about that now i've spoken about the blood of jesus but what does the blood of jesus christ give us it gives us the new and life Giving way praise God now I want to start teaching you what the Lord laid in my heart praise God just once that's preambles I've just covered over the next 20 minutes I'll be teaching you about the new life giving way are you ready we're gonna start from verse 20 remember I'm going to verse 23 verse 20 I'm going to verse gonna stop at verse um, 23 yes I'm gonna stop at verse 23 so verses for over the next 20 to 20, 20, 20 minutes I'll be preaching about the new life giving way just covering three 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 verses of the bible i'm so excited to share this with you let's let's look at what it says verse 20 says the reason why we can approach god right is because with this new life giving way i want to tell you what the new life giving way is it's the blood of jesus that brought it okay verse 20 says for he has dedicated christ has dedicated a new life giving way for us to approach god why because just as the veil was torn in two jesus's body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him what does this mean it means that in the new and living way we have free and fresh access to god you know free means you don't have to pay for it so that's the reason why it is absolutely ridiculous when somebody will say unless you give an offering, the anointing is moving now. Key into the anointing. Drop some money. You can't pay for the blessing of God. That's ridiculous. Or somebody says, I pray over the shawl now. Prayer shawl. You know, 500 pounds, prayer shawl, $5,000, prayer shawl. Absolute merchandise. Absolute merchandise. You have free and fresh access to your daddy. Just think about it for a moment. Think about it in the natural. <laughs> think about it in natural. You have a father. And you have to pay a ticket to to see him you have to pay a ticket to receive from your own daddy absolutely ridiculous merchandising that's what I call it merchandising you cannot merchandise the gift of God we should stop that kind of behavior It's wrong sell anointing oil God only moves through this thing we must not allow believers to shift their attention from the finished work of Jesus you don't need no anointing all you don't need no prayer shawl you don't need no no holy water to talk to your own daddy God is your father try to understand what I'm saying God is your daddy God is not a God somewhere that you have to make oblation no he is your own daddy and it's out I find it absolutely ridiculous that to come to my own daddy I have to fill a form I have to pay this and pay that and pay that no if you want to give to God to give, give for your dad give out of a free will you know if like if my daughter wants to buy me something she must buy because she wants to buy not because I'm compelling it every time we compel people to do something to get something from God we're merchandising people we are making we are shipwrecking their faith and that is not God that's not God so we have you have free and fresh access to God fresh means it is ever new ever new anytime in the morning you can talk to daddy Late in the afternoon, you can talk to Daddy. Flying ten thousand feet above the above the sea, you can talk to Daddy. Right in the bush, you can talk to Daddy. Fresh, and you can hear new information every single day. Praise God! Hope that blessed you. All right. So when the veil was torn in two, God made a way available for us to come boldly into that into that into His throne room. Look in the book of Matthew chapter twenty-seven, verse fifty-one. When Christ died, the Bible says that. The, the holy of holies, the curtain that separated the holy of holies from the rest of the place was torn in two. Now, from top to bottom, now that, that um, holy of that veil was so thick that it cannot be torn by human hands. So it was God Himself that torn the veil that covered the holy of holies, the entrance to the holy of holies, it, it toyed it like this. Signifying that the way is now made available, the new and living way is now made available for you to approach God. You don't need a mediator to see your daddy, you don't need a prayer merchant to see your daddy. No, you can kneel down where you are right now and just say a word of prayer. Have conversation with your wonderful father. You don't need you don't need a merchant, you don't need somebody that says, unless I wave a wand over your head, nothing's gonna happen. No. When you go under that kind of conversation you are putting a spell on yourself you're putting a spell on yourself you can rise up listen let me tell you something that 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 will, that will bless you here the same anointing on the prophet is upon you god did not give less of the holy spirit to you and give more to another person no when we came to jesus god gave us the same measure of himself praise god now some people as they work with God they might learn to manifest that gift more than the other that's all that's all right now that's what God wants us to do but doesn't mean that they have more of God than you have no God is no it's not a partial God God loves every one of his children the same way so can we put the veil back that God has torn technically we can how let me show you a scripture 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 14. 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 14 says, their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day, the same veil, the same veil comes over their minds. When they hear the words of the former covenant, the, the old covenant, they have, the veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah. He's talking about when you are law minded you look at God through the lens of the laws of Moses the veil that Christ has already torn a cavity here forever signifying that the way is made available to you the veil covers your mind and when your mind is befuddled how can you make sense out of your life? you know Romans chapter 12 verse 1-2 to says I beseech you by the message of God to present your body as a living sacrifice it then says be renewed in your mind be transformed as you get. let your mind be renewed which means change can only come into your life through my renewal. I say all the time what is left for the believer is my renewal. The only thing left for you and I to do is to renew our minds to the truth of what God has said. Praise God forevermore. The veil is put back when we hear the words of the former covenant. What that deny the reality of the new covenant when we expose ourselves to these words over and over and over our minds become becomes hardened and we, we 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 run away from the simplicity of the gospel you see the gospel is very simple we complicate it we complicate it now let me show you something here that will help you there's a there's a there is a uh, um, there is a, uh, a song that will be that played for four minutes is a popular song it's a popular song and I've, I've sung it many times before the Lord began to correct me. Now, my, my technical crew will put it on the screen for four minutes and then I'll be back to talk to you about it. Please, the, the song will be put in there. Look at the lyrics and I'll talk to you about it when I come back. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah. clean heart and purify me, purify me,
0: create You, are, you, have, you have watched that, that 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 song and you have seen the lyrics. Let me see, let me tell you why this song is not appropriate. This song, when you listen to it over and over again, it will harden your heart, it will close your mind, it will not make it to flow in the grace of God. Let's look at why it is wrong. See, in Psalm 51, verse 10 to 12, this was where this songs was quoted from. And the premise behind this uh, psalm was that David had committed adultery with Besheba and also killed kid, her husband now she he was coming back to God to pray for forgiveness now for David it's okay for him to pray like that for us it is absolutely wrong for us to pray like that you want to know why every single line in that in that song contradicted what Christ already did for us at Calvary's here I'm gonna show you the first one says create in me a clean heart Clean heart. Well, when you are praying to God to create in you a clean heart, you deny the fact that you now have a clean heart, a clean heart before God. Look at what Acts fifteen chapter eight, uh, Acts chapter fifteen verse eight to nine says. It says, "God, who knows the hearts of every person, confirmed these when He gave them the Holy Spirit, just like He has given the Spirit to us." Verse nine is the clincher. So now, not one thing, not one thing separates us as Jews and Gentiles for when they believe he that is God makes their hearts pure when you believe God makes your heart pure do you see that you already have it you already have a pure heart why pray to God to give you a clean heart when you already have a pure heart you know the book of Philemon that's only one chapter the verse 6 of it says your faith becomes effective as you acknowledge all of the things that are already yours in Christ Jesus. what about What is he saying? That If you want your faith to be effective, begin to acknowledge what is already yours. Don't say you don't have it. When you acknowledge what is already yours in Christ Jesus, your faith will begin to grow. But when you side with the devil by saying that you don't have what God says you have, then your faith cannot be effective. It's very simple. It's very simple so the question is what will you do about that today will you side with God or will you side with the enemy I give you an option side with God in him there's life in him there's peace praise God now let me show you another one question number two the point another thing with it wrong with that song says renew a right spirit within me the truth of the matter is every believer has a spirit of God you cannot be born again 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 once you become born again you already have the spirit of god in fact you cannot be born again unless you have the spirit of jesus living inside of you second Corinthians 5 verse 17 says we are new creation in christ jesus god created us anew and for him to create us anew he has to give us his own spirit so why do i have to pray to renew a right spirit in me like i lost my spirit i cannot lose my spirit look there's a scripture I'm going to get to in a, in a moment in John chapter 14 where Christ says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who is going to live with you forever. You cannot lose your Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that is in you is the Spirit of God Himself. And the Spirit of God is the right spirit. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness? See that you have the spirit of holiness living inside of you. Who lives in you? you don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God Holy Spirit lives inside you your, your sanctuary the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and that Holy Spirit is a right spirit and you never lost it you cannot lose it therefore you don't need to pray renew a right spirit in me you see when you feel funny just say father I'm, I'm feeling funny right now but your word is still true i choose your word i choose your word above my feelings praise God that is the way to walk by faith you know the bible says "Joshua walked walk by faith How do you walk by faith? By believing what God has said. By believing what God has said. That is how to walk by faith. Alright, verse 3 says, Cast me not away from your presence. Sorry, number 3 that I want to talk about says, Cast me not away from your presence. This is about the most ridiculous one. (laughs) Here, we, we, this scripture, if you, if you sing it, you are saying to God, God, you are lying. Why did I say that? See, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter I think chapter 13 verse 5 says here let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for he had said I will never leave you nor forsake you Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says I will never leave you never I will not lose my grip on your life now if you read it in the passion translation it's so beautiful. it says don't be obsessed with money but live content with what you have for you always have god's presence you always have god's presence for hasn't he promised you i will never leave you never and i will not lose in my group of your life but I, I want you to look at that you always have god's presence so if he says don't cast me away from your presence we're saying god is lying but god says you always have my presence in fact when christ was about to go go back to to, to heaven it says, I will be with you unto the end of the earth. In the book of Matthew, I will be with you unto the end of the earth. It says, I will not leave you alone. So this, this song, if you pray it or you sing it, you are invalidating the promise of the new covenant. That is not the way to approach God. That's not the way to approach God. All right. And then the word here, I will never ever leave you is the word never there is what who me oh you are from me i've said that over and over again means never ever ever not on your life it's not gonna happen god basically gave you a double negative here that it will not happen for him to leave you praise god the fourth one that resonated in that song is take not your holy spirit away from me i alluded to this earlier in john chapter 14 verse 16 the bible yes says, jesus christ himself speaking jesus christ is the one who is saying this please listen to what he said he said and i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever he says the comforter will abide with us when how long forever what is forever forever means forever it is that which does not end you can never lose the holy spirit you can grieve the Holy Spirit, which means you can make him unhappy if you behave lower than your standard, lower than who you are in Christ. If you behave like a slave instead of behaving like a stone, the Holy Spirit is grieved, is unhappy. It's like, why, why are you behaving like that? But you can never lose the Holy Spirit. How could you lose the one who has been given to you to help you? You know the word Holy Spirit is the word paracletos, and it means the one that is called alongside to help. The Spirit of God has been called alongside to help you on the journey of life if you lose the Holy Spirit you are doomed <laughs> forget if you lose the Holy Spirit you are doomed forget it. I mean it is not once you lose the Holy Spirit you are no longer saved that means you're going to hell and the only way you can go to hell, like I said last week is if you walk out of your salvation if you say I abandoned Jesus I don't want to do it again but if you hang in there and you're, you're trusting God god himself is working in you to make you to take you home he's working actively in your life to take you home praise god all right so hope that that helps you so let's go here um in um this 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 prayer that god christ prayed was was fulfilled on the on the days on the day on the day of pentecost when the holy spirit came just came on the day of pentecost and he left he has never left all right The, the last point that I want to talk about here it says restore unto me the joy of your salvation this one is premised on the fact that we can lose the, we can lose our joy in the natural possibly but let's look at what the Bible shows us you see there is what we call the fruit of the Spirit the Bible says the fruit that the Spirit produces love joy peace this is the fruit that the Spirit of God produces in us but this fruit is the manifestation of the spirit of God in us this is the fruit that is already in us we are not working to produce peace we're not working to produce love you're not working to produce joy it's already in you what you need to learn is how do you bring this joy and love and peace out so when he says restore to me the joy of your salvation is working on the premise that you have lost something because to restore something means you lost it but you can never lose love you can never lose joy you can never lose peace because it's part of the fruit of the spirit because you cannot lose these things there's no need for you to pray for them to be restored okay now if you feel joyless it is a feeling that you feel but your spirit is still joyful in fact your spirit is doing somersault when even when you are not happy your spirit is always happy because those fruits that the Spirit of God produces, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, you know, those are that's what it produces. I hope that's making sense to you. You might feel funny in your body, but God has not called us to live our lives by flesh or by feelings in the body. He has called us to live by faith. If you live by feelings, you are going to be defeated. But God wants to live by what? By faith. What does the word say? What does it mean to live by faith? Live by what the word says. If there's a promise in the Bible, just say, Father, I may not understand it, but I believe it and I confess it and I receive it in the name of Jesus. Your word says it. I believe it. I confess it. I receive it. I walk with the knowledge, with the consciousness of it. And that's it. Live by that mantra over and over. After a while, it becomes easier. You realize that you're able to flow through life, overcoming all the time. Praise God forevermore. All right. Now, let's step into verse 21. Remember I told you I'm going to verse 23, so I'm almost done verse 21 says and since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house verse 22 we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart so how do we approach God now we approach him with what an open heart an open heart fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him the way to approach God under the new covenant is to come with an open heart with a belief that nothing in this world will keep you at a distance from him in fact this text keep us at a distance from him was echoed in romans chapter 8 verse 38 to 39 as well you know essentially it says nothing in this life can can separate us from god and nothing can keep us at a distance from him so the bible says you should come into the presence of god because you have a magnificent high priest the high priest is the one who is interceding for you you have one who has been like you and walked the earth you know like you're walking the earth and has lived through that understand your our weaknesses he's the one who is our high priest now all right because you have this high priest there he's welcoming us all the time right into the house of god into the presence of god right now when he welcomes us he says that he wants us to now come closer all the time when you want to pray when you want to hang up we're going to ask anything from god come not like God is far off and you are here. No. Come to your daddy. Hang out with your father. Alright? Now, approach him with an open heart. What's an open heart? An open heart is a heart that is fully convinced. Not partly convinced. Fully convinced that nothing will keep you at a distance from him. What I'm saying here is sin cannot keep you at a distance from God. Nothing demons the devil nobody can keep you at a distance from from god nothing nothing means nothing nothing can keep you at a distance from him why do you need to have an open heart or why is it important for you to know that you have an open heart remember you have been you have been given a new heart god has given you a new heart this new heart that new heart that you have now Bible says, "Come with that open heart that is fully convinced." He had and says, "God will never, you know what, keep me at a distance from Him. I'm always welcome in the house of my Father. I'm always welcome in the presence of my Father." Okay, that's the attitude that you must bring when you come to God, or when you're having a conversation with Him. All right. Now look at this next text. Then it says, "For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity. Our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity." Which means when the blood of Jesus Christ uh, when we give our life to Jesus, the blood of Jesus came upon us and cleansed us and removed impurity. Removed impurity. Impurity means anything that is not pure. You see now. So you see that, that you have a pure heart. You have a clean heart because the blood of Jesus Christ has removed that impurity from you. So the question is, Davis, but at times I feel funny. At times I feel bad. At times I feel I have all these nasty thoughts flowing through my mind. I understand. But God says you still have a pure heart. That nasty thought that's going through your mind is the devil that's trying to plant thoughts in your mind. They are not your thoughts. They are not your thoughts. They are thoughts coming from outside of you. They are thought that the enemy is trying to plant to you. you. The, the devil wants you to embrace those thoughts as if they are your thoughts. Because they, they because sound like you. Those, those voices sounded like you, but they are not you. God has given you a new heart. So God wants you to, when the thought comes, when the thought comes and the voice, the voice comes or, you know, or the voices come, whichever way that happen, you can just say, no, you are not for my father. That's not the voice of my daddy. Go in the name of Jesus. You can do that. You can do it because that's how you overcome this. thing. You can come back and say, God has given me a pure heart. I mean, my heart might be, my thoughts might be going up and down like a yo-yo, but that is not who I am. I have a clean heart god sees my heart clean and pure i and you know what this also does for you when you come to the place of prayer you are not self-conscious and thinking my prayer will not be answered because of this because of that because of that why because god sees you pure and righteous You're, the blood of jesus christ has been sprinkled upon your heart for you to have a pure heart that's removed impurity now look at the next test says and we have been freed from an accusing conscience that blessed me so much. Look, you know, this is not this is not saying we are going to be freed. We are going to be going to be freed. We have been freed already from our, an accusing conscience. So, David, how come my I feel condemned at times? It is your is your mind that's condemning you because you have not believed the truth of what God says. The more you know the truth, guess what? Those that condemnation, that guilt will just flow away the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus you know that what that means in the original language it means there's no adjudging guilty there's no accusation there's no accusing voice against those who are in Christ Jesus which means there's no voice that is allowed that's actually the way I read it in the original language there's no voice that is allowed to condemn you in Christ Jesus no voice allowed to do that because what you are in Christ Christ already took the condemnation on your behalf, so you cannot be condemned again. So the Bible says you have been freed from an accusing conscience. When your conscience accuses you, it is not God. You have to say, no, I have been free from an accusing conscience. When you carry this consciousness, it doesn't mean you will live life anyhow. No, it's actually, it's the other way around. You know that your steps are ordered by the Lord. You know that your walk with God is so secure and sure. You can come bully, bully to the place of prayer. You can be rest assured of you know, that no matter what tomorrow holds, you are coming out on top because you are a child of God. This is the new and living way. Now, the final text says, Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to do justice to this text. You know, here it's saying, you are clean, unstained. You know, stain means, uh, if, I, if I, I wear this and I put red stuff on it, you will see, conspicuously, the red stuff will show, it contrasted against things. It's like, oh, what's going on here? Right? That's stain. The Bible says, you don't have any stain. You don't have it. The Bible here says, you don't have any stain. You are clean. Say with me, I am clean. I am clean. I am unstained. I am unstained. I am presentable to God inside and out. Lord, I wish I have more time. I wish maybe I'll continue this part next week. I wish I have more time. See, you are clean, you are unstained, you are presentable to God inside and out. Say that with me. I am clean. I am unstained. I am presentable to God inside and out. Which means when you come to the place of prayer, there's no dirt around you at all. There's nothing around you that will make you feel filthy or or or, be, or feel a sense of ignominy. No, no shame, no regret, no nothing. What? Because you are clean. God sees you clean, unstained, and presentable to Himself. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So. As we round up as we round up verse 23 says wrap your heart tightly now around the hope that is within us this thing I've shared with you this new and living way is the hope that is within us the Bible says, wrap your heart tightly around it knowing fully that God always keeps his promises God keeps his promises if your heart wants to go like this and go like that just go back here and say no I have a new and living way to relate to God and god keeps his promises wrap your heart tightly tightly around this don't let this truth that i've shared don't let it go don't let it go just like adam in the garden of eden it was because he let go of the of the word of god that's why the enemy came in don't let it go fight for this faith stand for this faith believe what god said about you praise god forevermore i have an affirmation here let us say it together say with me i have a clean heart i have a clean heart I have the Holy Spirit, who is the right spirit. God will never leave me nor forsake me. He has sealed me with his Holy Spirit forever. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Okay, that's about what I can do today. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your people. Let these words, O oh Lord, that they have heard to, to, today, bless them, help them, uphold them, strengthen them, and keep them in the name of Jesus Christ. As they go, Lord Almighty, let them carry a consciousness of, your, of their right standing in Christ. And let this week, coming this coming week be a blessing to them in many ways. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, wonderful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God forevermore. If you'd like to give to the church, you will see a link on the screen. And God bless you, and I'll speak to you another time. Shalom is yours. Thank you for staying with us. We hope you've been blessed as much as we have. You can watch the replays of today's service at 10 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, instagram in podcast you can go through our youtube channel for more content you can also subscribe to our podcast on www.thelighthouse.org podcast our sunday services commence every sunday at 8 a.m uk time our midweek service is at 6 p.m every wednesday we look forward to you joining us until next time please study and meditate on the Word.